Hello again, guys. This is Demonic Bishop uh, back again here with you, and you are here listening to the second edition and episode of the Infernal Symphony Pestilence Podcast. All right, so it was uh, incredible last time around. Um, this is the second episode in the first season of the show. Um, we decided to continue with the podcast because we did a little test run last month. Um, and that seemed to go pretty well, although I kind of lost the passion for it. I wasn't really sure how to proceed, didn't really know what I was doing with software. But I decided last month, as you know, if you listen to the last one, to come back to this. And I've basically made a lot of progress and a lot of people seemed like they were very, very happy and very impressed with the show last month, last time around. So we're going to follow that trend. I'm going to continue doing this. We're going to do one episode a month, maybe even more. Um, and that basically leaves us where we are now. So we've got a brand new, incredible episode chock full of content lined up for you this month guys so thank you very much infernal hordes and legions for listening um just a quick note towards that as well actually i noticed as soon as the last episode uh, you know was published last month so basically as soon as uh, that was finished recording and i posted that i didn't actually realize this until afterwards but basically what i've found is you can actually go into uh, so if you go on um i believe it's anchor.com forward slash infernal symphony i'll have to double check that a bit later in the show but essentially if you google infernal symphony anchor you will come up with our splash page on the uh, on the app's website where we uh, you know the thing we use to record this podcast in the first place so if you go onto there that will not only give you a full list of all of the episodes of the show so far if you want to keep up you know maybe you've lost count maybe you've uh, you know missed a month and you need to catch up you can go there and listen to all of that there but additionally to that there's also a feature on the page there that allows you to send in your voice messages so they will get sent directly to me as i record the show um, and obviously in the spaces between as well and what that allows you to do is if i ask you questions if i need feedback or if you know you want to kind of send your thoughts into the show or send us in anything you could possibly think of as long as it's not you know offensive or anything in any way to the point where it will prevent me from getting sponsors or getting played or something like that then by all means send it in you know i'm literally up for anything so you know it'd be cool to have discussions with you guys it'd be cool to have your feedback it'd be cool to you know hear some of your thoughts on some of the new songs and albums i've created and all that kind of stuff you can send it all in so i encourage you to do that right now so turn this podcast off go to the website um, and send me some stuff in because i love hearing your feedback guys and i want to feature it on the show so if you want to be in with a chance of featuring on the podcast please send in your stuff i'll look through it if i like anything there it'll be on the next month's edition of the episode and then assuming i can actually get in touch with you i'll let you know about that as well so yeah, so that was uh, something that I, you know, really interesting that I discovered, and I can't wait for that to start to get going. So, speaking of which, uh, I'm also thinking about getting guests on the show as well. I've got one lined up that I've got in mind at the moment. I'm just waiting for confirmation for them. So, potentially expect that next month. I'm not entirely sure whether that's going to go ahead or not. So I don't want to, you know, speak kind of, you know, jump, jump the gun a bit there. But hopefully that'll happen. And to be fair. It's the brand new start of an episode, so I'm just going to quickly go over some of the awesome stuff we've got lined up for you uh, in this month's edition. So, Okay, so we've basically got all sorts of different things planned. If you listen to the end of last month's episode, you'll probably have a little bit of an idea about that already. But to be honest, I am, you know, always, you know what I'm like, I'm a creative guy. You know, my brain's always ticking over and, you know, running over time all the time. So I've probably ended up, uh, you know, even when I plan the show... I still end up basically having new ideas, even during the midst of recording, and that can all change at a moment's notice. So, But for the time being, 
the plan is to go over the brand new album that I launched just a couple of days ago, which I'm sure some of you um, have heard, but to be honest, a lot of you probably haven't, because not only is it a completely brand new album, but you can also listen to that if you're part of the Infernal Symphony Heathens Club. But uh, but luckily enough for you, if you're not part of the Heathens Club and you do not subscribe to me already through Bandcamp, then uh, fear not, because I'm going to be showing some of those songs in the background and at the forefront of this episode to give you a little bit of a taster of the sort of stuff that you're missing out on if you're not part of the Heathens Club. So I've got a brand new album out. It came out a couple of days ago. It is the second part of uh, one of my concept pieces and uh, I'm not going to go too far into it just yet because I'm going to save that for a little bit later on in the episode. But uh, very, very shortly, after I've gone through a few of the things, I'm going to be playing the first track off of that album, which is called Eruption and Destruction, um, and it's one of my brand new Dungeon Synth albums. Um, so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to that. We've also got all sorts of other kinds of things we're going to go over, including religion and anti-religion, Halloween, because obviously that happened a couple of days ago. It was my birthday the other day as well, so I'm going to give you a few insights and stories about that as well. Uh, we've also got a new question lined up for this month, because that was a feature that seemed to go down pretty well last time. And we've also got all kinds of other things that I'm not going to ruin right away. So for now, I'm going to give you a quick word from our sponsors. I'm also going to give you a quick little overview of the new track shortly after that. And obviously then you'll be able to listen to it. And then we can get into the meat and potatoes of the episode proper. So have a quick listen to this, guys. It's going to help me out. It's going to help me rebuild my recording setup as well as all the subscriptions and everything from my music. So have this um, you know, playing in the background or whatever. Maybe, you know, play it a few times if you like, if you really want to support me. Have a quick listen, and uh, then I'll introduce the track to you, and then uh, we'll see where we go from there. So, thanks very much, guys, for listening so far and for last month, and I will be back in just a few moments. Okay then, guys, so in lieu of an official sponsor, which we somehow are still waiting for Anchor to move the sponsorships from America only to uh, the rest of the world, including where I am, the UK, instead, this section is going to be filled with a quick little uh, promo for my own uh, business venture. So in other words, this is a little bit of a promo for Infernal Symphonies, Bandcamp, plus the Heathens Club, and uh, anything else that we've got coming up as well. So head to infernalsymphonyuk.bandcamp.com that is where you'll find all of our um, released um, albums, singles and EPs all of our whole discographies on there so you can listen to it all for free you can download most of it for a measly sum of £2.50 or slightly higher for longer albums and there are occasionally uh, you know, the odd uh, free album here or there or pay what you like album so that includes the debut that I created so many many moons ago Unholy Persecution and it's going to include an EP coming up in a couple of months as well um, but further to that you can head to the Heathens Club section of the site Site as well, which allows you to subscribe to the Infernal Symphony Fan Club, the Heathens Club, which allows you to not only receive a ton of loads of different albums and EPs that have already come out, it'll also sign you up to instantly receive any of the new ones that come out in the future, um, including all of the new Dungeon Synth stuff that's coming up next year. Um, further to that, it also gives you 20% off of all of our merchandise, it allows you to get exclusive updates and polls and videos and photos from the Infernal Symphony fan club which also allows you to not only message me demonic bishop directly it also allows you to message other fellow infernal symphony fans face to face as well so there's tons of benefits guys if you're not signed up to it already you really should do 
So head to binfoodlesymphonyuk.bandcamp.com, head to the Heathens Club, £3 a month, and all of this could be yours. All right, so just wanted to quickly say, guys, uh, you know, as I just said in the intro there, thank you very much once again for tuning in. This is obviously the second episode of the rejigged uh, and relaunched Infernal Symphony Pestilence podcast. So thanks ever so much for tuning in, particularly because it's been very, very difficult for us to actually get the word out about this episode this month because Facebook have actually pl- placed a 30-day ban on us uh, liking, commenting or sharing any of our band posts on our Facebook page because basically, um, obviously, um, you know, um, you know, just... Uh, generating organic growth isn't enough these days you actually have to pay to get any exposure whatsoever so uh yeah sorry about that but uh you know hopefully going forward next month into uh, november well actually obviously it is november now this is out but hopefully now we should be back into the full swing of things in terms of uh, posting and uh, getting the word out there so hopefully you guys have uh, kind of enjoyed a bit of the radio silence because i can be a bit annoying sometimes with all the posts i make on there but nevertheless thank you very much for tuning in um, obviously, remember that you can always send in your voice messages to the podcast at Infernal Symphony. Um, sorry, it's at uh, anchor.fm forward slash Infernal Symphony. So please tell me what you've been up to. Let me know what's been going on. Sorry about all the, the, the waiting and all the silence, but uh, I'm hopefully going to be back in the saddle properly again, Facebook-wise at least, in the very, very near future. All right then, guys. So um, there we go. That was a little message from our sponsors. Thank you very much for bearing with me with that, and uh, you know for paying attention to that. I do, in a way, sort of apologise for that because ideally I would have liked to have kept this uh, ad free. But I hope you obviously understand and appreciate that those are going to be a necessary evil going forward. Um, because obviously at the minute, as you understand with my situation, I'm going to need every bit of financial support I can get, really. So, you know, I think that's one of the best ways of me doing it. I don't really want to ask for charity. I don't really want to, as much as I plug my stuff on this podcast quite a lot, I, uh, you know, I hope I at least try and do that in quite an informative and fun and sort of adventurous way. And, um, you know, it's not like watching QVC or something where we're just going to be shoving adverts down your throat every five minutes. I'm going to I'm gonna keep it in check and just uh, try and do as little as, um, as possible. But, yeah, it seemed like it was something that was a good idea to do. And to be honest, um, I hope obviously, you know, to be honest, I think a lot of our fans are quite supportive and appreciative and quite intelligent. I think a lot of you understand and know that, you know, things like this don't pay for themselves. And particularly with me being a one-man band, obviously costs such as this are sort of unavoidable. So, you know, I can, I need to try and do everything I can really. So, um, so yeah, so anyway, we're going to go into the first track of the brand new album. So this is the second album as part of the Zealots of the Nether sort of universe or franchise or storyline or whatever you want to call it. Um, those of you that have been paying attention to the work I've been putting out over the past year or also those of you who have either checked out or indeed subscribed to the Heathens Club um, will probably already be aware that the first album in this series, the uh, eponymously titled Zealots of the Nether, has actually already been out for a number of months now. I believe um, I believe I launched that in about sort of July or August. And uh, obviously, goes without saying, that's an incredibly good album. It's about 40 or 50 minutes worth of Dungeon Synth. There's about 12 or 13 tracks on there. And uh, it's an incredible album, to be honest, um, if I do say so myself. I was very, very happy and impressed with that when it first came out. And uh, yeah, there was loads of awesome stuff on there. So yeah, 12 tracks all together. Um, and I was very, very happy with that. Um, I've had a good bit of feedback from people who have listened to it. And if you remember, at the end, the tail end of last month's uh, edition of the podcast, there was a couple of tracks that I sort of embedded and weaved in there right at the end there. So 
you know, I was quite happy with the way that went, so I'm going to end up doing that a little bit more with this um, episode and going forward into the future. So that's why in a second I'm going to play uh, the first track of the album, the new one. So the new album is called The Grand Salvation. And although it's the second part of the series of albums in the Zealots of the Nether sort of uh, chronicle, um, it is actually, you know, storyline-wise, it actually takes place before the events of the first album. So uh, essentially... The overall concept and story of uh, this series of albums, and to be honest, I think there's going to at least be four, if not five, um, editions um, or episodes in this uh, sort of storyline of albums. So this is part two of the Zealots of the Nether story. Um, the uh, yeah, so it's actually a prequel to uh, the events of the first album, and um, the overall arching storyline of it is essentially there's. Um, a planet somewhere within the solar system, playing off of the you know the concepts and themes of the previous album that I talked about last month, Transformation of the Celestial Realm. This does sort of exist in the same universe, so to speak, uh, you know, of of that album. And basically, it's a different planet in the solar system called Nether. And uh, this planet essentially is, uh, without giving too much away, it's basically been overrun by religious zealots. Um, a lot of people are basically uh, sort of. Uh, you know, persecuted, a lot of people are sort of uh, enslaved because um, there was a gigantic um, cosmic event which caused um, a gigantic volcano to erupt on the surface of the planet, covering the entire atmosphere of the planet in a thick blanket of ever-present smog, which in turn, you know, prevented the, uh, the sunlight from getting to all of the plant life and all of the uh, fauna and flora of the, um, of, the, of the world. And essentially it resulted in, to cut a long story short, uh, a supreme and extremely um, difficult to navigate lack of oxygen. So a lot of the people of the planet died. Um, the few survivors managed to figure out ways of surviving either underground or by creating greenhouses, that sort of thing. But um, much like a nuclear sort of uh, holocaust or something like that, the majority of the world's population did um, sort of die. So the few survivors are now split into a couple of different groups. Um, some of them live underground or in the lower classes and they're basically the peasants of the new civilization, the new society that has arisen from the ashes, uh, the quite literal ashes from the volcano. Um, there's some people in the upper classes which are either sort of religious fanatics or people involved with the church, maybe high-ranking politicians or people who were quite wealthy before the uh, disaster. And uh, now there's a sort of apartheid system in place where people are segregated you know, people are persecuted and obviously not able to live the fullest life they're able to do because there's people, you know, either trying to murder them or fighting for control over the remnants of uh, society. And civilization is at a breaking point, and it's been this way for some time now. So that's sort of where the first album sort of leads on to. So that's basically the uh, the synopsis of the first album. This album, The Grand Salvation is uh, taking a step back from that and it's sort of chronicling the events of all of this disaster, how it came into place, how it unfurled and uh, some of the things leading up to that. So for example the first track Eruption and Destruction probably speaks for itself. Um, it's something where it's you know the volcano is erupting and it's destroying the planet and it's talking about the process of that, the music kind of follows the uh, the path of that as it happens and uh, some of the other tracks on the album go into detail about other aspects of that, but also into some of the political uh, meanderings that go on during this as well, and also some of the 
religious things as well. So I'm going to go a bit more into that sort of the storyline of it a bit later on with a few other tracks. So I think I've talked for long enough now. So let's play the clip um, and see what you think to that. And obviously, as I said earlier, if you've got any uh, thoughts about that, please be sure to send them in because I would m very, very much like to hear about your thoughts about that. So, okay, I'm not going to waste any more time. Here's the clip. This is Eruption and Destruction, track one of the brand new album that came out the other day, exclusive to the Heathens Club, The Grand Salvation, Zealots of the Nether, part two. Okay then guys, so that was the premiere of the brand new Infernal Symphony track that came out just the other day called Eruption and Destruction, taken from our, well, it could really be construed as our 10th or 11th album, depending on whether you count the ones that are included in the Heathens Club, but if you count everything I've made all together as part of Infernal Symphony, it is in fact our 11th album. And that is the first track from that that you just heard there. Previous to that, I also showcased a little bit of the third track of the new album, The Grand Salvation, which is called Choking on the Smog, and that is uh, that was basically played over the very first intro of this episode. So hopefully you liked a little bit of uh, both of those. Um, that is just a small sample. It's just a very small little morsel of the sort of stuff you'll expect to find on the new album. And uh, as I said earlier, I'm supremely impressed by how well that, that has been received. And, uh, you know, I just really, really love the sound of this album because it's something a little bit more complex, a little bit different to not only the normal stuff I tend to do, but also 
the recent trend of dungeon synth albums that I've come out with recently as well. Obviously, last episode I went through some of the, you know, a bit of a, a chronicle in the timeline of the stuff that I've done up to now. Uh, so obviously, the first dungeon synth album was Cease to Exist. The second was Faust. I'm not going to go over that again. But uh, then also something I didn't really mention too much about was Zealots of the Nether, the first um, album in this series um, of four or five albums, and that has already obviously come out. This new one is the second part to that, and you just heard a few tracks from that there. So, yeah, so this one not only differs from the other Dungeon Synth albums I've done, but also from the, the part one of the the, uh, the series as well. Because the first one was a bit more experimental, you know, all the songs on Zealots of the Nether part one uh, are very, very experimental. It's still me getting to grips with, you know, the format and the software I use to record the Dungeon Synth with. And I tried all kinds of different things, different soundscapes, different sound effects different methods of writing, you know, different song structures, and, uh, you know, it all flows together as part of one long continuous piece with a couple of different variations and, you know, different types of tracks, different types of songs to break it up. Um, this time around, with The Grand Salvation, um, it starts off, you know, really, really heavy for a dungeon synth, you know, synthesised song, and just continues from there and just pummels you all the way through, uh... So um, the Choking on the Smog, the third track, is, I suppose, despite what I just said, a little bit more of a rocky, you know, kind of more traditional song structure, whereas Eruption and Destruction is just a short, sharp shock of uh, metal just to try and wake you up and prepare you for the rest of the album. Um, so, um, like I say, I mean, there's so many different tracks on this release, it's hard to comprehend, really. There's 11 tracks altogether. Um, I suppose by the end of, maybe when we get to the fourth or fifth album in the series, there's probably going to be around about 60 or so tracks that, com you know, compromise the entire thing. So, it's quite a huge, massive undertaking, and to be honest, I think, uh, you've, you do have to be quite a, a die-hard Infernal Symphony fan to get to the end of it, really. Not so much because it's bad, because I, I happen to believe it's very good, but just because of the sheer, sort of, breadth and depth and complexity of it. You know, it's a very ambitious undertaking, but that's what I'm known for, you know, that's what I always tend to do. When you look at, you know, Tapestry of Torment or Faust, these long, complex, double-contact albums that... Not only is kind of becoming my trademark now, but it's also something I very much enjoy doing as well. And I wanted to continue that on this, but just make it even bigger and better than ever. Uh, so uh, if I give you a quick little track list of the new album, uh, obviously we've already talked about the first track. The second track after that is called Hideous Lament. And uh, if memory serves, I seem to uh, remember writing this song basically about some very vile things I heard somebody saying to somebody else, and it's it's kind of referencing that kind of, you know, concept, you know, like the fact that people, you know, can be backstabbers, people turn the other cheek, people kind of, you know, will, you know, say something nice to somebody to their face and, and then kind of, you know, talk badly about them as soon as their back's turned, you know. It's, it's about, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Um, it's about two-faced people, basically. But it's also not only about that, it's about... Uh, you know, the fact that the whole world's going to shit, obviously the fictional world, Planet of Nether, is kind of collapsing literally. Um, and it's kind of a little bit about that as well. It's about lamenting the fact that society is going so far off course. Uh, choking on the Smog is more of a literal song about actually choking on the fumes of the volcano. Um, and, you know, basically I can almost envision the smog and the ash coming out of the volcano and starting to settle um, upon the, the earth and also, you know, surrounding the atmosphere as that song plays. So uh, it's a little bit of a relaxed song, but um, it does kind of make that, 
well, it's relaxed compared to some of the other tracks on the album, but, you know, not by normal standards. So that is quite good as well. To continue that theme, the track four is called Ashes of Angels. And uh, this is quite an interesting song because it's one of the very rare times in the album that sort of does reference our typical themes of, uh, you know, religion and anti-religion. So Ashes of Angels essentially talks about, uh, you know, perhaps the angels coming down from heaven, so to speak, to try and save people, but obviously inevitably end up killing them because they're actually evil. Um, it talks about the, the the relationship that's beginning to form chronologically at this point in time where the eruption and the disaster has already happened and people are experiencing the fallout of it. Um, and it's around about this time in the chronology of the story that some of these fanatic religi religious groups start to form because essentially what happens at first it's just a normal volcano eruption as people you know, start to discover the uh, the explosiveness of it and start to experience just the sheer gravity of the situation about how it's going to destroy life as we know it. Suddenly people start descending into chaos and, you know, as I said before, society breaks down. But once all the dust starts to settle, literally, um, people start to become aware of the terrible situation they're presented with. And it's at this point that, you know, life is very dog-eat-dog, cutthroat, and uh, there's basically there's people that have you know kind of know the truth of the situation. Like these are the people that not only are aware of why the planet is being destroyed, but they're also aware of what they can do to try and combat that, or at least try and help themselves survive. And it's those that survive that end up you know creating the top-down society with all the peasants and everything. And they're the ones that can end up figuring out how to uh, actually survive this disaster. And the people that are aware of this knowledge get a bit too big for their boots. They start demanding things from the rest of the people that have survived. Starts to create cults and religious sects and things like that. And that's what this track is about. Curtain of Fire is essentially just a simple, straightforward song about you know the the uh, the, the destructive capability of fire, um, how deadly it is. Then we go to track six, The Source, which is a pivotal moment in the prequel story of this album. And that is essentially uh, where some of the religious leaders that have already formed these uh, new religions that worship the volcano, some of those have actually gone a step further and not only figured out why this is happening, but they've also managed to come up with a solution to it. And what they've ended up doing is they've managed to figure out some sort of way of you know creating new oxygen to keep the planet thriving but they're not you know they're not just going to pass that out to anybody oh no you know they're going to use that uh, to in their head worship the new religion that's been created worship the volcano gods they're also using it for their own selfish gains and uh, you know they're just keeping it all to themselves so once again it's an example of the you know religion taking everything from society and giving nothing back being extremely selfish and hypocritical and uh, that's what the source literally is. It's the source of oxygen that's helping people survive. Track 7 is Stranglehold on Humanity, which pretty much speaks for itself, given what I've just said. Track 8 is Oxygen Critical, where, you know, I think you can get, you can glean a lot from the song titles of these tracks. And this is obviously the point where the Earth is beginning to run out of oxygen at a very, very critical point. And a lot of people, even the survivors that survived the initial blast, are now beginning to die off themselves as well all due to this horrible selfishness of the religion. And track nine is that brand new religion itself, the Cult of the Caldera, they tend to call themselves. Now, a caldera 
is basically a volcanic term. I, I believe it refers to like a crater created by a volcano. So they obviously worship the volcano and these sorts of craters, seeing them as like religious sites and shrines and things. Track 10 is called Skeleton King. And you will probably notice this character on the cover. If you go onto the infernosymphonyuk.bandcamp.com, you'll see the cover art for this, especially if you click on the Heathens Club page, because uh, it's um, for all of these new um, releases, um, not all of the new releases I come out with, by the way, are going to be exclusive to Heathens Club members, because that's just, just, just not fair. But so, you know, going forward, the majority of my releases are going to be the exact same as before, where anyone can listen to them or download them, um, anyone can listen to them for free. Um, but you obviously you can pay to own them completely and listen to them whenever you want and download them and yada yada yada. So, uh, but you know the actual stuff that's exclusive to Heathens Club members. Although you can see images of the artwork on the Heathens Club page, they don't actually get unlocked for listening or you know anything like that until you actually subscribe. So, um, but if you do go onto that page anyway, even if you're not a member, have a look there because uh, you'll be able to see the artwork for it and it'll probably also be on our Facebook page as well. Um, and it's basically, I'm really, really happy with the artwork for it. And it basically, this has an image of the Skeleton King there. And uh, this is essentially possibly one of the guys that is behind the entire thing. Um, so this song chronicles him and goes into detail about this kind of person. And obviously all of this is told without lyrics because I'm never going to have lyrics on any of my Infernal Symphony tracks. Because I find that instrumental music is the best form of musical expression. Um, and to be fair, not only... Further to that, I'm terrible at vocals, so um, so yeah, that's you heard it here first, guys. And now we come to the final track of the album called The Grand Salvation, the title track. This is one of the longer songs on the album. I'm very, very happy with the way this one came out because it rounds off this particular portion of the story very, very nicely. And uh, it's, it's a little bit more contemplative. It's not quite as fast as the rest of the album. It's a very, very interesting, sombre kind of soundscape that it starts off into. I'm going to play a little bit of that now as well and then talk about that after. So as you can see, it's got a very kind of galloping, slow, marching pace to the track. It's a little bit more sombre. It's got that kind of, you know, it gives you a, f a sensation of the gravity of the situation that all of these people are experiencing. Um, and um, I think it's a great way that, uh, to round off the album. And overall, I'm very, very happy with the album. I think it's about 50 tr uh, minutes or so in length. Um, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it, so if any of you guys have actually subscribed to the Heathens Club and you've listened to this already somehow, let me know what you thought about it. I'm also going to give you a quick little play of another track here, just because I really, really love it, and I didn't actually plan to do this, but I want you guys to hear it anyway. So, uh, I obviously can't play too much, because otherwise there'd be no point in you subscribing. But this is track for Ashes of Angels, which is one of the faster, more heavier versions uh, and tracks on the album. And I particularly want to highlight this because I think a lot of people think of the term Dungeon Synth and, you know, either they 
number one, don't have any idea what it is to start with. But even if they do, they mostly will probably like view it as uh, something very, very slow, not very many instruments, you know, very, very slow, plodding kind of pace, and just sounding more like kind of background music or video game music rather than actual, uh, you know, actual songs, natural metal music. And I've kind of tried to blend the two as best I can using my limited, you know, creativity and limited sort of skills with this uh, form of music so far. And um, I, I believe that I've done a very, very good job in, in making the most metal kind of song I can without actually, you know, being, being in a position to play any actual instruments or record using conventional means. So um, this is track four, Ashes of Angels, just a short little sample. This is just to give you a taste of the sort of stuff I'll be writing going forward and the sort of heaviness that I'm able to get out of uh, MIDI material. So here we go. Have a quick listen to this. So there's a short little quick uh, clip of that song as well, and I've got to be honest, even I myself was head-banging along to that as I was listening to that just then. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely awesome. I actually forgot how good that song was. So, uh, so yeah, that just gives you a small little taste of the things that I'm capable of doing, even without being able to record any traditional instruments whatsoever. So if any of you guys are impressed by that at all, or you like the sounds of it, please go ahead and check it out. You do have to, unfortunately, subscribe to me to be able to listen to that one, but don't worry, there'll be plenty of other Dungeon Synth albums that you don't have to subscribe for coming out um, in the future as well. I've got a few lined up for next year. Um, but also, if you already do subscribe, not only do you get the album that you just listened to, but any of the stuff that I come out with in future, regardless of whether it's you know a subscriber exclusive or not, you will get it for free anyway. So... Have a listen guys, I'll be back very shortly with some other little bits and pieces because I don't want to focus on this all day and see you in a bit. So there we go guys, that was a bit of a uh, that was a bit of a new feature for this podcast to be honest, wasn't it? Um, I'm kind of quite happy with the way that went down actually. I kind of just decided to develop that on the fly and go through that uh, new album track by track with little previews and it seemed to work better than I expected it would do. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I'm certainly going to do that again in future with new stuff. Um, and that could definitely become a new recurring feature of the podcast as well. So, as always, uh, you know, guys, as I said earlier, if you've got your thoughts on that and you decided that you liked that, then please, you know, send me a voice message in and let me know. And if we get enough of them, I'll probably feature a few of those on the next show. But I think we've talked for long enough about the new album for the time being. I might come back to it before the end of the episode. And what a bumper episode this is, uh, you know, coming on to be. Because, I mean, we're over half an hour in and we've only covered one of uh, today's topics. So... So yeah, so hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Hopefully it's a, a better episode than last month's and certainly better than the one before that. Um, and I am extremely enjoying myself, so hopefully you guys are as well. All right, so 
I think it's about time, since we're pretty much over halfway through the episode already, that I gave you a bit of a question to ponder. So last month's was to do with uh, uh, one of the band's influences, and I've got a similar question to that uh, for this month as well, although it is slightly different because, as you know, our music is also now slightly different with it, you know, becoming 100% full-time dungeon synth for the time being. So with that in mind, this month's question is... As soon as that uh, sound effect from my email stops, is uh, which kind of video game um, has influenced Infernal Symphony's new dungeon synth um, sort of direction? So uh, it could be any kind of video game, but obviously, if you think about how dungeon synth and MIDI music sounds, that should give you some sort of idea as to what the answer to this question is. And I'll give you an extra hint as well it is a FPS video game, so in other words, it is a shooting game. So think about soundtracks of shooting games, um, think about Dungeon Synth, what kind of uh, you know game would have influenced me? And I think, to be honest, this is going to be a much easier question than last month. So give it a think anyway, I'll come back with the answer pretty shortly, and you never know, I might give you a few stories surrounding that as well. So just to repeat the question one more time, what kind of FPS video game soundtrack has influenced Infernal Symphony more recently? Alright, so... I'm going to let you think about that. We're going to move swiftly on into another topic, and here we go. Hello again there, guys. So uh, some of you may be able to actually notice this, but basically I'm actually recording this particular portion of this podcast uh, quite a lot uh, further forward in time from the rest of it because I had um, actually basically decided to do something on the spur of the moment very, very recently, um, which uh, wasn't already included in the podcast, but I thought was you know pretty exciting and pretty interesting, something uh, a little bit um, out of the blue for us, which I thought would be, uh, you know, this would be a really good chance to talk about it and hopefully it'll be something really interesting for you guys so you may obviously be aware that it is actually my birthday coming up very soon obviously at this point it will have already passed um and obviously this part it sort of does expose some of the underlying uh, workings of how the podcast is done because I do actually tend to record some of the uh, segments of this sort of uh, before the event has actually happened just to just to kind of basically make everything fit around my schedule so hopefully you can uh, you know you can understand and appreciate that guys but anyway uh, the actual thing I wanted to talk about was uh, you probably have already noticed this already but I haven't really publicized it in the actual podcast uh, title or anything because it was basically just a very very last minute thing but what I've done is um, I've actually released a very special uh, bonus free album um, on my birthday. So that was on November the 1st. Um, it's basically an album called Grotesca, which is 10 tracks, which is completely free to download. So with us ha- um, still not being able to sort of comment or like uh, or share any of our Facebook page posts at the moment, if you could all go onto the post I have done of that, and do your best to try and spread that around and get a few people interested in it. That would be fantastic. But basically, what I've done is, I do have a little bit of a tradition of kind of releasing things either for free or just doing some fun stuff on my birthday. And this year's no exception, so I've actually released a free 10-track album, which is a completely Dungeon Synth album. And as you might have guessed from the title, yes, yeah, I'm sorry guys, yeah, it is actually a another parody album. Uh, you know, obviously parodying Batushka. So, obviously, 
Actually, they're a fantastic, phenomenal band. I've got well, depending on which version you pick of it. Anyway, I've got I've got a huge respect for both versions of the band. They've been doing a lot of cool things since they started, and you know, there's there's obviously plenty of people, particularly some of you listening to this, that probably are even more familiar with them than I am. So I'm not going to go into too much detail about them particularly, but uh, you know, suffice to say, given the the nature of of uh, you know the music I make and the kind of things that that our music uh, sort of uh, talks about. Obviously, they're they're a very very relatable band to me, and I really like them. So, uh, so yeah, it was a natural thing. Yeah, so sorry about having to cut it off uh, just there. <laughs> Funnily enough, just, you know, considering what I'm actually talking about, um, I actually had to uh, pause the recording there just for a moment because I had a, a, a Polish chap, believe it or not, walk into uh, the shop that I work at to try and figure out the location of a letting agency. So, you know, who knows? For all I know, maybe he's got his own Batushka as well. But um, but yeah. But anyway, nevertheless, the reason I've done this basically is because obviously it's my birthday. I'm going to be getting a load of gifts, and you guys give me all the gifts in the world all the way through the year because you're always supporting me. You're always fantastic. So I try and use it each year to, as as sort of my chance to give back to you guys. Really. So so what I've done this year, it was a bit last minute. I've not really had that much time to do anything for it. But uh, you know, at uh, the time of recording this, it's around about uh, less than a week before my birthday. It's actually Monday. At the moment, my birthday's on a Friday this year, so uh, it's been a bit of a, a rush job, um, if, uh, you know, I must admit. But nevertheless, I wanted to give something out to you guys that's really, really cool. I'm quite happy with it. It is actually a 10-track album of Dungeon Synth, um, uh, which obviously is parodying Batushka. And obviously, you know, I know, guys, I know this has been done to death at this point. You know, this has literally been the year of Batushka parody bands on Bandcamp. And to be honest, um, that's mainly the reason why I haven't sort of talked about any of those, just because they're so sort of homogenous at the moment. But, you know, you know, uh, with, with it being sort of a, a hot button topic at the moment, I thought I'd probably, you know, just chuck my hat into the mix just because, you know, I think compared to some of the other bands that are actually putting out some of these parody bands that sort of, you know, rip off the fact that Batushka has split off into different groups. Um, and it's like basically the silliest sort of drama um, you've ever seen this side of uh, the Norwegians in the 90s. Um, but basically, um, I thought it was important at least for me to put my sort of... Um, you know, thing out there to do with this because at the end of the day, I think this band probably has a lot more in common with Batushka than most of the other parody bands that are out there ripping them off. So, you know, if anyone's going to do it, it should be me, really. So, but but nevertheless, the actual music itself is good, um, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment. All right, then uh, interruption number two out of the way. Okay, so uh, yeah, so basically, I'm going to go into this, guys, if I actually get a chance to, and it's basically a ten-track album that has some fantastic songs on there. In actual fact, um, this this brand new album that's completely free to download, by the way. So if you go to infinitesymphonyuk.bandcamp.com, you should be able to download this completely for free. You can download it, you can listen to it, you can stream it. So make sure you share it and enjoy it, guys. But basically, um, it's based on obviously the fact that the uh, uh, the real black metal band Batushka have obviously had a bit of a split this year um, and basically uh, it's it's resulted in them becoming two individual and separate bands that are obviously always going to be intrinsically linked so obviously uh, you know I'm basically just explain, explaining the meme to you at this point but there's basically a ton of bands that are just taking the piss about this and uh, you know just taking the piss out of the make own you know singles and EPs just to kind of rip them off and kind of you know steal something that looks very very similar to their overall aesthetic and album art and stuff like that but um, but musically, most of them don't really have that much in common with them, and and that's kind of true of this release as well. But obviously, with our history and background, and the fact that we talk about very much the same sort of subjects that Batushka themselves do, 
then uh, it's probably worth your while to listen to this. And also, it has actually had a fair amount of thought and care put into the actual release as well, because I know some of these are, are basically uh, very, very short, kind of like maybe a, a two-track EP of like two-minute-long you know, black metal songs, for instance. And it's basically, all, all they are most of the time at the moment is just an excuse to get some humorous cover art out there. Um, which is, again, kind of true of this, but I've actually put some depth into this and some thought into the release, despite me deciding to do it spur of the moment and me you know, basically, basically creating this album over the space of a couple of days. But, you know, nevertheless, give it a listen, guys, because some of the songs on there are actually some of the outtakes that I had for uh, basically what I was planning to do was create, um, I'm actually in the process at the moment of re writing the the third part um, of the Zealots of the Nether series of um, Heathen's Club exclusive albums that I'm doing at the moment. So, obviously, uh, the second one is what the main focus is, of this episode has been, um, but I, I'm actually also working on the follow-up to that as we speak. And some of the songs here at the minute are basically ones that I've, you know, I've basically just decided are not good enough to be part of the uh, trilogy or series of albums that I'm, I'm working on at the moment, because it's developing into something very, very special. It's why this um, episode is dedicated to that, so, you know. Um, but, yeah, nevertheless, these ones just don't cut the mustard in terms of this particular series, because they're, you know, obviously a, a very high-calibre kind of uh, series for me. But I thought I wanted to kind of give them to you and put them out regardless, and this is a perfect excuse to do so, really. So I'm actually going to play one of these songs for you. So this is the first track of uh, Groteska, and uh, basically the concept of the album is, uh, it doesn't really have much of a concept beyond parodying Batushka, obviously, but there is a little bit of a concept there. It's something to do with, uh, you, know, the, you know, if you look at the church and you see all the gargoyles and the grotesques and stuff on the outside, um, it's sort of uh, maybe what would happen if some of these came to life if you prayed to them. So it's a bit, a bit out there. But then again, pretty much everything this band does is... So, uh, so without further ado, I'm going to give you a quick little play of the first track, which obviously would have been the first track on uh, Zealots of the Nether Part 3. And this originally was called Faction Warfare, but it is now called uh, Adskali, which is basically Russian for uh, Infernal. And obviously that's part of the joke as well, you know. I know they're obviously a Polish band, but I wanted to make the, uh, the album title uh, and the, um, the song titles for this release Russian just because... You know, all, all those sort of languages are the same anyway, aren't they? So, But nevertheless, here we go. So this is the title track. Uh, actually, yeah, I, I won't play the title track because it's too long. But this is the first track on the brand new free um, Infernal Symphony birthday release, Groteska, which is available for free on Bandcamp right now. And this is the first track from it. I'll play you a little bit of it. Yeah. And uh, bought this rap to Santa because it's really good. Mm. Because it's come from China, it comes with a 2 0. 
course, that. yeah. Um, but maybe someone else is saving. Yeah. If it's just if it's at the trade shows and stuff at the minute, chances are, you know, even if we was going to get it in, we wouldn't have seen it yet anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. but um, keep your eye on the ground for them, and, and yeah. obviously check online as well, because that's probably the easiest place, yeah, especially that's it. if it's brand new. That's obviously the easiest place usually to get them mm-hmm. from. But yeah, I'd keep an eye out. Okay. Uh, I mean, I suppose that, I mean there's other veterans in the area, so yeah, it's probably worth a while just having a look around anyway, just in case. But yeah, we'll do. There you go. No worries. Sorry about that, buddy. No worries. Okay, so at the risk of me uh, potentially uh, going out and killing somebody very shortly if I don't stop getting interrupted, um, and also basically me also laughing in between takes of the fact that uh, you know the actual album title Grotesque somehow is now reminding me of uh, Zoya the Destroyer from Glow. But uh, either way, um, at some point I will actually get a chance to show you a little bit of this track, assuming I stop getting interrupted at some point. So I'm going to try and do that again for you guys. Really sorry about that. Uh, I'm going to play a little bit more now. And... Excuse me, hopefully we get something done here. So actually I'm going to play a different song because I don't really get a good feeling about that one at the moment. I think it's uh, a bit cursed. So speaking of which, I'm actually going to play you track five from the album, which is uh, uh, Procolati, which is uh, basically a track called Cursed.
So I think some of you guys, uh, regular listeners out there that have been paying attention to this podcast for a couple of months now, will probably be aware that our first uh, episode didn't go without a hitch. And obviously at the start there was a couple of weird issues in terms of the editing, so I'd just like to apologise for those. Um, I'm sure I have already. But yeah, it was a minor hiccup. I'm still learning the software, but it feels as though this episode's coming on to be a lot better. So hopefully that's the case. And uh, we've got even more stuff lined up now. So the next things we're going to go into... Um, are going to be alright so we're going to talk a little bit about Halloween so Halloween is quite an awesome tradition really it's obviously been around in America for many 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 years I would say probably over 100 years to be honest and I'm to be honest not particularly knowledgeable about the origins of it but you know I'm pretty sure all of us uh, can agree I'm a massive horror movie fan as is my girlfriend Shan I'm sure plenty of you guys listening to this are as well which seems to be a common theme for a lot of uh, metal heavy metal fans to be honest um, and, you know, why wouldn't you be? It's got everything. You know, horror movies have got awesome monsters, they've got cool stories, they've got loads of blood and guts. And obviously this is a perfect time of year to start checking out new ones. So I actually read the other day that there's going to be a new Saw movie. However, it's not actually going to be out until next month. But I've enjoyed all of the Saw movies up to now, including Jigsaw. So hopefully that doesn't disappoint. There's also going to be some other new movies coming out pretty soon. So if any of you guys watch any of those and you enjoy them, let me know which ones. I'll be sure to check them out. Uh, but Halloween itself, okay, so it's, it's obviously already come and gone now, which is a real shame because, you know, for something that awesome, it should really only be, uh, you know, more than once a year. But uh, Halloween's always been one of my favourite times of the year, uh, especially as a Levain Satanist, it's always been something that I've enjoyed because, of course, it is All Hallows' Eve, which, to be honest, is one of the most important, if not the most important, date of the uh, Levain Satanist calendar. And uh, it's obviously, uh, you know, it's part of the three-day observance of All Hallowtide, a time in the liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including the saints, hallows, martyrs, and all of the faithful departed. So, obviously, you know, that's kind of the Christian take on Halloween. But obviously, as a Satanist, we're going to flip that on its head a little bit. So, um, as as far as my memory serves me, I believe that uh, the religion of Lavain Satanism was actually founded on Valpurgis Nacht which is usually in April, but that's basically, rather than following the Christian calendar year, Levain Satanism essentially covers um, the sort of pagan year, or uh, basically just uh, in spite of uh, Christianity, basically. So rather than, obviously we can still celebrate Christmas and Easter and all the traditional holidays as well, because of course they're all based on old pagan festivals and uh, holidays anyway. But Halloween is a particularly special one, um, because... Like I say, it is one of the most important dates of the year, specifically these days in modern times because of its association with horror and the occult. So I'm always a fan of Halloween. I love making pumpkins. That was something we did for the first time last year together, me and Shan, and uh, we did it again this year. It was really, really a lot of fun. Uh, so I might even post a few pictures of those up on the Infernal Symphony Facebook page at some point. So if any of you guys have done anything like that as well, be sure to let me know. Send in those photos to the page. Um... And, uh, yeah, it was really, really awesome. And, of course, I had my birthday as well, which, uh, you know, is uh, something I'm beginning to look forward to less and less as the years go by. I still love, you know, I still love to uh, celebrate my birthday, but it also is a, uh, you know, it's a little bit scary to think about sometimes, isn't it? You know, I'm 28 now, so this is one of those times where you sometimes have to just sit, sit back and think about what you've accomplished in your life. And to be honest, you know, with this band and with all the things that have been going off over the past three or four years of my life, you know, I've done more in the past four or five years than I have done for the entire rest of my life in terms of progressing as a human being and as a man and, you know, as an adult. 
and uh, I really couldn't be any happier to be to be honest with you to tell you the truth I'm in a better place than I think I've ever been and that's mostly thanks to Shan it's also obviously thanks to each and every one of you who are listening to this and listen to my music because without you guys I would literally not be anything musically you know I've been in other bands and stuff before I've experienced limited to little success um, but obviously it's not always about that of course you know playing music is something that I love to do anyway regardless of uh, you know how I come across and how focused I appear to be because I am you know I like to see things succeed I like to feel like I've been successful and have accomplished something because for me it comes from a very deep rooted fear of death um, a lot of people anyone who tells you they're not scared of dying unless they're literally at death's door is probably lying to you because in all honesty death is the most frightening thing that anyone can go through and uh, to be honest you know it's it's supposed to be that's what it's there for you know whenever people talk to me about oh I wish we never died despite what I've just said I actually don't agree with that because I think without death you know there literally wouldn't be any point to life whatsoever because as an atheist and a satanist death is the ultimate motivation for, uh, you know, actually accomplishing or achieving anything with your life. Um, You know, if we all lived forever, what incentive would there be for us to actually go out and do something, make a difference to the world? So, and that's one of the main reasons, that's one of the main criticisms I have against Christianity as well. I mean, of of course, you know, the church does do certain things, you know, it... uh, you know, uh, creates charities and gives money to certain things and helps the poor, yada, yada. But, you know, just because an organisation does good things doesn't make it intrinsically good. So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are already more than aware of my uh, thoughts about organised religion and particularly Christianity. As evidenced a couple of months ago when uh, my new album Faust came out in May, um, the uh, double... Uh, double concept album, Dungeon Synth album that I did there about being possessed by Satan. Uh, Yeah, I actually got into quite a lot of different arguments with people over the Infernal Symphony Facebook page about uh, sort of the origins of religion and uh, sort of as an atheist arguing with uh, Christian people and uh, with limited results, but it was still an entertaining process for onlookers and it was definitely a learning experience for me. And it's something I want to do again in future because I'm... I'm not particularly good at debating, but I do enjoy a good debate and a good argument, and I feel like I've got quite a few good arguments up my sleeve towards that. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, And uh, you never know, I might actually be sort of preparing the early stages of a whole brand new album dedicated to that particular topic uh, coming up in a couple of months, probably next year now. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very much a fan of... uh, debates and uh, sort of intellectual discussion about the existence or non-existence of God. I watch a lot of those kind of debates online. I am also a massive fan of the Atheist Experience YouTube channel, so if none of you have ever listened to that or checked that out, I definitely urge you to go out and listen to that and watch that right now because, you know, obviously if you're bored of these kind of things, if you don't find it particularly interesting to watch people have sort of like an intellectual uh, battle, then obviously don't go anywhere near it because you'll be bored to tears. But if you're the sort of, you know, kind of philosophical nerd such as me that enjoys these kind of things, then it'll be the best thing you ever do because it is, honestly, not only is it fantastic entertainment, but it's also very enlightening and it's also sort of very uh, intellectually stimulating as well. I learned a lot of things about debating and about logical fallacies and about, you know, sort of how how things relate to one another and how logic works. Um, so someone as an atheist who's, you know, I'm I'm uh, definitely interested in logic and in truth, and I'm also interested in uh, the reality that we experience and, 
you know, I'm interested in whether something is true or not, essentially, and that's why that program really, really speaks to me. So if you want to look for an Infernal Symphony approved uh, internet series, I definitely recommend that. Hello guys, so just another quick intervention here that I'm going to add after the rest of the episode has already been recorded, but this is actually being recorded on my birthday, way! So it is November the 1st, I'm speaking at the moment, a couple of short days before this podcast should come out hopefully, because hopefully it should be out on about the 4th I think, although if you're listening to this obviously you should know that already, but anyway I just wanted to quickly just add in a little extra segment just to say so so many massive thank yous to everyone who has either liked me um, on Facebook who was ever you know who basically today has kind of wished me a happy birthday but a few people actually buy the grotesque album that we came out with today as well which has really sort of filled me with joy because uh to be honest i kind of think i know that i can probably do better album, albums than that one because it I, I did kind of put it out as basically although it's 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 out as an album it's basically a sort of selection of various different demos that i kind of was formulating for some of the zealots of the nether albums particularly the third one so although the songs themselves aren't as sort of polished and great as they could be it seems like it's uh you know a few people are starting to enjoy that already so that really makes me happy as well so just to just to kind of clarify and to just make me kind of get some of my thoughts into gear thank you ever so much guys for everything that you've done for me today it's been a fantastic birthday already um it's currently just before midday. I've been at work for a couple of hours because, unfortunately, I am actually having to work my birthday this year. But, uh, nevertheless, it's great because it's been a fantastic day, especially thanks to all of you guys and all of my fans, as well as my friends and family as well, because all the people that surround me mean absolutely everything to me. So, thank you, guys. Just a quick thank you to absolutely everyone um, who's done something today and everything that's been done for me because it's really made me feel great. It's been a very, very special day. Um Obviously, as a Satanist, my birthday is going to be the most important holiday of the year. And it seems to be living up to that promise so far. So hopefully it continues until the end of the day. But just wanted to say thanks, guys. I really, really do appreciate it. Oh, yeah. And uh, just in case any of you guys were wondering, yes, I did win that argument. <laughs> and if you uh, if you want proof of that, feel free to go onto the Infernal Symphony uh, Facebook page because there should be some... Uh, screenshots and so on of some of the exchange on there the entire conversation unfortunately did get deleted because uh, basically the person who uh, you know basically initiated the conversation also decided to leave some negative reviews and basically just try and vandalize the facebook page for the band so i had to take the unfortunate uh, stance of banning them from the page it's not something i do lightly or often i try and always avoid doing that if i can um, and with it actually being the first time I did it, I unfortunately also didn't uh, realise that doing so would basically erase their conversation as well, which is really, you know, a real shame because I would have preferred to keep it up there, uh, sort of like a, a badge of honour um, or like a kind of trophy for, you know, slaying the idiot. But unfortunately, it did all get deleted, apart from the, the very first couple of parts of that discussion. But that's still up there for you to look at instead if you want to anyway. Um, I've also just decided to add a quick little additional sort of bit of information about the topics I just talked about. When I uh, mentioned that uh, obviously uh, a lot of the stuff that I do and a lot of the things I'm concerned with in terms of progressing through life is partially kind of, for me at least, uh, derived through a fear of death, I want to elaborate on that a little bit really and just kind of just uh, you know give you a little bit of an idea of my kind of thought process and uh, sort of like my 
my uh, sort of philosophy on life in a way. And I, I know this uh, so this sort of second half of the podcast probably has gotten a little bit boring with me getting a bit technical and intellectual. So if this is the kind of stuff you would prefer me not to talk about as often, then please let me know. Uh, but it's, it's something important to me and it's something I find interesting. So with this being my podcast, I thought I'd at least put a little bit out there just to see what people's opinions of it are. But anyway, here we go. So this is essentially my take on things. But essentially, really... Um, for pretty much about as long as I can remember, even since I was a teenager, um, so this is going back 10, 15, maybe even 20 years now, the way I've looked at things is, like, I've, I've, I've never really been able to understand where, uh, why people are negative. And obviously, as I've got older, I've, it's been easier to see because, obviously, there is a lot of negative things that go on in the world. There's a lot of negativity. There's a lot of horrible, evil things, and there's a lot of dark sides to the world. But, obviously, there is also a lot of good as well. Um... But uh, I never really understand it when people surround themselves with the negative stuff on purpose, it seems, because you're just making life worse for yourself that way. You know, uh, I'm not saying my dad does this in any way, but uh, I've, I've seen occasions where my dad's basically, you know, took a look at his life and ref- been very, very reflective and pensive and wished that he'd done more with it or, you know, maybe wished that things had gone differently, maybe to try and... Uh, um, you know, just basically try and make his mark on the world a bit more because he basically lost a friend of his to cancer about 10 years ago and this really kind of opened his eyes and, and at the time I remember him saying that, uh, you know, he was not going to... he was going to kind of, you know, because basically the guy who died, um, his name was Keith and he basically was a very healthy man but basically was just struck down with cancer really, really horribly and really brutally it was a very sudden kind of thing and uh, you know there's obviously something that's remarkably unfair and cruel about that so my dad kind of looked at that and went well you know people are always telling me to give up smoking and give up drinking and you know this is the sort of thing that you know this is this in his head just went to prove that you know that didn't make any difference because your time is up when your time is up and I suppose there's some sort of truth to that there's probably an element of that I'm not too sure either way I'd have to look at the facts and everything first but it does sort of beg the question, you know, um, what mark are you going to leave on this world when you die? And, you know, life is obviously the most valuable gift we ever have. But, uh, you know, you never know how long it's going to last for. So with that part of the uh, equation in mind, that's the thing that I always bear in mind the most. You know, I always try and make the most of every opportunity, every moment of every day, um, because you don't know if it'll be your last. And as cheesy and as, you know, absolutely ridiculous as that sounds, it is true. Um, and far be it from me to try and, you know, uh, preach to people about the right and wrong way of living your life. Because I'm never ever going to be the person to do that unless it involves talking about whether you should believe in religion or not. That's the one thing I take issue with and the one exception there. But in terms of, um, you know, making your mark on the world, for me, it's the most important thing I can do. You know, I forget the uh, person whose quote it was now, but there's a very famous quote that I'm really going to butcher... Um, um, but essentially it's along the lines of uh, you know once you die the only thing you are um, are memories Um, so you know that's why I try and leave the most amount of good positive memories of myself while I'm still here Um, and you know to try and also make a good positive mark on the world spread a good message do things that I would be proud of my kids or my kids kids seeing um, you know, because again, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, you know, it's really left a big mark on me that my dad, fortunately, is still here with us. But you know, it's the fact that he made music 
into you know in his 20s and his 30s that still survives to this day and it will survive as long as it's looked after even longer than my dad will got you know unfortunately so um you know it's one of those things where i want to leave a legacy i want to leave things behind for people around me friends family relatives you know descendants i want them to know who i was and uh, you know the sort of things that i was capable of the sort of things i was proud of and that's one of the main reasons really why music in particular but also this band is incredibly important to me because it's the most personal sort of project of music that i've ever been involved in and it's not something i do for money or fame or you know just for the sake of of having something to do it is all of those things in some ways but the most important aspect of it is for me to enjoy myself to make the most of my life and to improve and grow as a person and you know you might think it's kind of an odd thing for somebody who's 28 years of age to uh, you know question their mortality or at least ponder about what sort of things and legacy they're going to leave behind and obviously that I'm not ill in any way or anything like that but it's one of those things where you really do never know when your time is up like there's a story uh, I've seen on Facebook that's been spread around by uh, you know Tom Booth and uh, some of my other friends like uh, Phil from uh, Abduction where um, this is going to be awful because unfortunately I haven't looked at it in a while uh, but there is a appeal going around at the moment for people to donate money towards um, a chap who lives in Derby with his family and basically he is not in a good way at all and he is not particularly old either and it just goes to show stories like that what I'll end up having to do actually is find out the details of this and post it on the Facebook page because it is a very important cause and I don't don't want to appear as if I'm not paying any attention because it is a really good cause and it's such a horrible tragedy so I'm going to find that I'm going to put that on the Facebook page and uh, let you guys donate to that um, if you're able to as well um, but uh, yeah, this is just to illustrate the point that, you know, anything can happen to anybody at any time. So it does actually make sense to go through these things and evaluate your life. Instead of wasting it and squandering it, you really should actually, you know, pay these things some attention because they're important questions. Uh, so with all that in mind, putting all that to one side for a second, just to get back into the swing of things a bit. One of the main reasons why I end up writing and creating and releasing so much music is... It's mainly because of that, because this is the, the legacy I want to leave. Um, it was so important to me to, uh, you know, it, well, it is still important to me to, to, you know, that my dad left all those music things uh, for me to listen to, because, you know, like I said earlier, one, uh, you know, the day will come at some point, unfortunately, where he will no longer be around, and it's things like that you have to cling on to to remember people by. And with him being such an inspiration for me musically, you know, I, I want to do that as well. I want to leave that same sort of legacy for my own eventual kids when I eventually pass on, which could, you know, maybe be 60, 70, 80 years away, but it's important I do that now. Nothing uh, nothing disappoints me more when you find a brilliant, fantastically talented band that, for one reason or another, whatever reason it is, only make a very limited amount of material. And, yeah, that does make them cult and it does make them, you know, maybe a bit elusive... Um, but you know also for me the main thing I think about stuff like that is I, I just think about what could have been you know you look at people like Jason Becker one of the best guitarists of a generation was he's still making music to this day but you know he was unfortunately struck down with ALS at a very very early age so he only recorded one or two solo albums and I just look at stuff like that and think oh you know you could have had so many more albums worth of music could have had so many more hours of enjoyment that people could have enjoyed across the world and yeah maybe that's a bit of a selfish way of looking at things but I don't want to 
I'm not. Well, I was going to say I don't want to make that mistake, but obviously in that particular case, it wasn't a mistake. It was just an unlucky turn of events. But I don't want to be put in that you know situation myself. I want to make sure I make as much stuff as I possibly can. Um, you know, and I'm obviously always going to try and make sure it's the the highest quality as well, because I'm never going to release something just for the sake of releasing something. That's something I want to make clear. I've never done that, and I never will do that because. No, what's the point then? If you're going to do that, you're just tarnishing your legacy, and that's the entire opposite of what I'm trying to achieve. Um, so, uh, yeah, I probably sound a bit impassioned about that, but it's how I feel, and, you know, this is one of those things that you can't mess around with. So, yeah, so uh, hopefully that didn't get a bit too depressing for all of you. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, it might not be the sort of thing that everyone wants to listen to, but to be honest... It's something that's important to consider, and it's definitely something that's important to me. So with that in mind, let's move on to the next topic. Let's make things a a little bit more bright and cheery uh, towards the end of the episode. And yes, it's a metal podcast, but we can't be dull and dark and dingy all the time, can we? Let's be honest. So, Right, so I'm thinking we've actually got to uh, most of the uh, topics we wanted to cover this podcast. Um, I'm going to have a little think while I go into the next section, just to see if there's anything else that we should cover but uh, there'll be a short little breathing room section here and then after that I will give you the answer to the question I posed about 25 minutes ago thank you so much as well by the way guys for bearing with me this episode it had a bit less of a plan than the previous episode um, because I've had less time to record and write it in essentially but hopefully it's been an enjoyable experience hopefully you guys have learned a lot this time around not just about the music and about the business side of things but also about my motivations for it and my philosophy and you know, a bit more about me as a person as well. So hopefully all of this has been interesting in some way or another. Um, not every episode is going to be like this. Some episodes of the podcast are going to be more about the musical side of things and about uh, just general day-to-day stuff. But this is, uh, you know, this is the section of the podcast I really wanted to get some of the deep shit out of the way first. So, um, Okay, so let's go on to the next section. So just a tiny, quick little bit of, uh, of, sort of general metal music news here. Just trying to cram it in just right before the end of the episode, just while we've got a little bit of time left available. And I happened to notice very recently that it seems as though, after uh, probably about a good long uh, six or seven recorded album hiatus, it actually seems like one of my personal favourite death metal bands, Carcass, um, you know, Liverpool's own, one of the best... British uh, death metal bands of all time are actually coming out with a brand new studio album next year and they're actually putting out I think probably their first new song in over seven years next month called Under the Scalpel Blade so I'll definitely be checking that out with interest so make sure you guys listen to that as well Um, as much as you know this this podcast is uh, you know first and foremost about Infernal Symphony it is always nice to appreciate plenty of other different kinds of uh, metal music and metal bands across the spectrum whether they're underground or big bands um, new or old you know we're all about just keeping the heavy metal spirit alive here so you know as much as I want you to listen to me you know it just I'd be doing everything else at the service if I just focused on me all the time so listen to that guys it's going to be great hopefully especially if you're already a fan of Carcass because I mean why couldn't you be really you know they're basically the uh, the inventor of three separate genres of metal, uh, or at least, if not the inventors, definitely definitely important in their evolution. Um, so yeah, I might actually even do an episode about them at some point, but maybe uh, we'll save that for another time, because we're basically at the end here, aren't we? 
Okay, guys, so uh, we are coming towards the close of the podcast for this month, unfortunately. Um, I'm, I'm really afraid to say that, to be honest, because um, I don't feel as I've covered some of the topics I wanted to cover this month with as much detail as I'd have liked. But to be honest, this album really just has flown by. Uh, but uh, I, I want to get through the last, last little segment, and then there's also a couple of little bits of tidbits of information and potential exciting news, which I just want to cram in right before the finale as well. So let's get on with things. So... If you remember earlier, I talked about the question of this month, and that was uh, which kind of 90s uh, shooter game uh, has influenced Infernal Symphony music with its soundtrack. And essentially, do you guys know what the answer to this is? Have you been giving it some thought? Answers on a postcard. All right, so I'm going to reveal the answer now. So the answer to that question was, of course, what else could it be? Doom. Yes, that's it. Probably the definitive uh, RPG... RPG. Well, there is a BFG, but it's the definitive uh, shooter slash uh, FPS game of the 90s and of the 20th century. Possibly the first good one to ever exist. Doom is um, it just goes without saying, really. You know, it's one of those games where um, it needs or deserves no introduction. Um, I've been a massive gamer since the dawn of time. I think I've been playing video games since I was about five years old. So, uh, but it's uh, something that I haven't played loads and loads of, in all honesty, but I've still been a huge fan of it, obviously due to the demonic satanic references, also just due to the amazing uh, gameplay. Um, I remember my cousin used to play it on the PlayStation 1 on Final Doom when I was a, a very young person, far too young to be actually watching it, but I loved it nonetheless. I loved listening to his humorous comedy uh, and uh, commentary as he blasted the demons uh, with the super shotgun. But anyway, um, I've decided to uh, sort of uh, bring this up based not only because I am a huge fan of the reboot, uh, the 2016 version of Doom, and obviously also the incredible phenomenal modern soundtrack on that as well, and notwithstanding the fact that Doom Eternal is either out now or very, very shortly about to come out, I'm not entirely sure of the release date because I'm not a mega fan, but uh, I know it's uh, something that's topical and it's coming out at the moment because I'm an old granddad, you see, I just have no idea when these things happen, but... Um, yeah, when and if that game comes out, and when and if I'm able to afford it, I will definitely get that and play that as well. But, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've sidetracked myself again, but essentially, the soundtrack of the original Doom game, the 1993 Doom, oh my god, what a soundtrack. You know, it's, it's the stuff of legend, it really is, from the incredible 16-bit, uh, you know, MIDI synthesized music, to the fact that some of the tracks and the unreleased tracks of the soundtrack rip off bands such as Metallica and Pantera, uh, Megadeth, you know, it's one of those things where it's literally a metal fan's wet dream, you know, especially somebody like me, you know, it's got it all, it's got incredible Dungeon Synth soundtrack, it's got fantastic gameplay, it's got incredible concept, Doom Guy is just an absolutely amazing main character, and of course, you know, everything about it is just unbelievable, um, so I thought with it uh, being the release of the new game, I'd bring up this topic and essentially the reason it relates to Infernal Symphony is not just because of the Satanism or the demons but also because at the point where I had sort of uh, decided to do one last guitar album a few months ago with the transformation and I'd already made a few Dungeons and albums by then but it was just going to be a one and done thing I was just going to do those one and two albums and then call it a day but obviously the situation and circumstances dictated that it would be something I ended up doing all time from now on um, so I was looking for places for inspiration and uh, obviously uh, talking about last month's episode where I discussed that I don't generally tend to listen to much music if I'm writing this 
is going to make me seem like a hypocrite, but this was another exception because I happened to end up listening to the original Doom game soundtrack quite heavily on YouTube for a number of weeks, and that was because I'd recently purchased the uh, the remake, and I really enjoyed the soundtrack from that, and that's more of a Meshuggah kind of vibe. But it got me thinking, um, you know, it would be great and nostalgic to go back to listen to the original soundtrack of those original first couple of Doom games. And I was blown away because it's been a long while since I'd listened to them. And I was absolutely blown away by how amazing the, the songs were, you know. That was the only real example of the kind of metal music that I wanted to make using Dungeon Synth that I could find. Because most modern Dungeon Synth, as much as it is incredible, it's just all kind of, you know, medieval organ music and slow doomy stuff. Um, which is great, and you know, and there's some black metal influence stuff there as well, but I wanted to do something a little bit different with it, and do something that's a little bit more traditional, heavy, thrash, death metal kind of vibes with it, so, so this was the closest comparison I could make, really, unless there's some bands which I've overlooked or I'm not aware of, which could obviously be the case, but nevertheless, the Doom soundtrack is absolutely unbelievable, um, I, um, I would say definitely go onto YouTube and listen, there's a couple of uh, videos there where people have compiled the entire soundtrack front to back, in one video so listen to that for the, the the original doom and for doom 2 because those are some incredible uh, songs and they're maybe a little bit primitive compared to modern standards of course but obviously dungeon synth is, is the kind of genre where you, that's the sort of limits you're working within and that's part of the charm and the nostalgia factor as part of it as well um with it being such a great game but i decided particularly with the new album that's just come out the grand salvation the reason i bring all this up is because the writing process for Grand Salvation, I wanted to make a point and I wanted to prove that I wasn't just capable of making, uh, you know, really rudimentary stuff with Dungeon Synth like I was with the first Dungeon Synth album, Cease to Exist. Because as good as an album as, as that is, in my opinion, it's a little bit too primitive, really. And it was done, you know, within days of me getting the software. So I didn't really have much idea what I was doing. That's why everything's a little bit kind of, you know, brittle sounding. There's not very many instruments or layers. It's kind of very minimalist, which is quite good in its own way. And I think a lot of people do enjoy that album because of that very reason. But it wasn't, you know, I knew I was capable of more. And obviously that part of the album you know the reason that album sounds the way it does is partly due to my inexperience but also partly because i kind of wanted it to sound that way because it's if if, if you're not aware the uh cease to exist album is basically a audio visual kind of concept sort of thing yeah concept albums i know it's in film symphony what are you going to do but i wanted to make an album that was very minimalist to try and capture the harrowing spirit of the characters of the story because of course um if you check the description on Bandcamp, you would know that the Cease to Exist album is basically my take on um, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which is a fantastic, fantastic short story. It also was a brilliant 90s video game um, as well, uh, which, funnily enough, has its own Dungeon Synth soundtrack, essentially, because that was very MIDI and very adventure 90s, early primitive kind of sound to it as well. So, so that was my idea with that album. Faust was a little bit more better uh, because I had a bit more experience and I had, a, you know, I got a bit more of a feel for creating songs using Dungeon Synth. But um, with Zealots of the Nether and The Grand Salvation in particular, I was a lot more confident with it and I've been able to create something that I'm a lot more proud of. And particularly with this new album, with The Grand Salvation, this is me going a step further and a step beyond because I wanted to, to the essence and the spirit of the Doom soundtrack, particularly because the new album and the new game are coming out very, very you know, within a short space of one another. And I wanted to create an album that was Dungeon Synth, but had a very, very fast, heavy, raw, 
proper traditional heavy metal, thrash metal vibe to it. And that's why a lot of the songs on this new album are very direct, very punchy, have a lot of sort of typical kind of guitar riff type things in there and solos. And I wanted it to be very fast paced. And, uh, you know, if you've listened to um, some of the other tracks or if you listen to some of the previews I did earlier in this podcast, like with Ashes of Angels in particular, for example, the intro to that is obviously very reminiscent of the drums from Painkiller from Judas Priest. And that is... uh, you know, very intentional as well. So I wanted to have a lot of these uh, traditional metal influences and references in the album. And uh, that's one of the reasons why I think it's so good, because it's just a little bit of everything. It's dungeon synth, it's heavy metal, it's traditional metal, it's thrash, it's doom. And not only that, it's still got the typical kind of Infernal Symphony style to it as well. So that was all I was going to say, guys. Doom is amazing. Check out the new Doom game. Also check out the new Grand Salvation album that I've done, um, which is obviously part of the Heathens Club, so you do have to be a member of that, as I've said multiple times already over the past hour. So I'm not going to bludgeon you around the head uh, to death with that anymore. What I will say is we have now reached the end of this month's episode of the Pestilence podcast. So hopefully my, uh, you know, insane rambling hasn't been too much of a burden to bear for you this month hopefully you've enjoyed yourselves in some way um and just before i go as i mentioned i've got a quick little few bits of interesting and exciting potential news that i want to get out as well so i have been looking since i've been taking the podcast seriously over the past couple of months and i've been doing it full time and really enjoying myself i've decided to take the step of potentially adding a few new members to the podcast team um, and to the broadcast team so potentially over the next month, uh, you know, so it might not necessarily be straight away, but I'm hoping at least over the next month or two, we, you might start to definitely see some guests. Um, so in addition to some of your voice messages that you fans have sent in, uh, I'll be featuring those on the show. But I also want to have some people, if not speaking live with me, actually, uh, you know, contributing some of their points and some topics of discussion. And they're going to involve other musicians and friends of mine, personal friends or family, or basically people that, are associated with Infernal Symphony one way or another. So it's going to make the uh, the week-to-week, the month-to-month of this podcast a lot more interesting for you rather than me just rambling about my band in a very narcissistic way month after month. I think that could probably get quite tiring quickly. So don't worry, guys. If that's what you were thinking, I'm well aware of that as well. I don't want this to turn into some sort of Dominic Bishop power trip. But what I do want to happen is to have a very, very nice, exciting um podcast with a very broad scope and a very large amount of topics that we can cover because i want this to be a fully fledged podcast i don't just want it to just be another feather in the cap of infernal symphony as a band so you know and we'll see where it all takes us you know so carry on listening guys hopefully it still ends up being interesting month after month i'm sure it will because uh you know it's improved the last couple of months already and there's still plenty more things that i'm going to do to make it even better in the future as, as well so so with all that out of the way, it is unfortunately time to say adieu, guys. So, Colonel Hordes and Legions, I have been Demonic Bishop. Thank you once again, ever so much, for uh, all of the, not only the support for the new music and for the band, for all the likes, for all the positive messages, for all the birthday messages, and for all of you listening here as well. Thank you so much for helping to make this podcast and my band a success. I never thought in a million years any of it would happen, but it seems as though it is. So, with that said, thank you very much once again, guys. Goodbye, Infernal Hordes. This has been Demonic Bishop of Infernal Symphony, 
with episode two of the Infernal Symphony Pestilence podcast, and we are out. So see you next month, guys. Make sure to tune in. Bye.